But what are you looking for now? I would love to see in 2022 and further in 2021, someone say, hey, I picked up OpenPago and I it's really helpful, but I need to actually change it like quite a bit. And that company and, and this company get together and they work together and, and boom, we have another solution, right? I'd love to see us fund projects that are building on something we've done already. And I'd also like to see NXS go into the direction of doing a lot more promotion of other people's open source work. If you could see my hands moving mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. You're like kneading the dough. <laughs> I'm like kneading the, the dough. dough like, let it rise. Help it grow. <laughs> Put it in I'm the oven. Say, we, we, yeah, we'd like to see it. We'd like to see it grow. Welcome to Wishes Granted. I'm Kyle, and we talk to granters about their story, why they do it, and what they're looking for, so that you can build better. I guarantee you're going to learn something new today, and you might even laugh. All right, let's do this. So today, I'm joined by Tamara Mahoney, Head of Marketing at NAccess. Welcome. Thank you. I want to talk about how unique an access is. Really, right. yeah. At the out from the outside, a lot of grantors kind of look a bit similar. They'll have you know a website, and you have a call for proposals if it's rolling or a deadline. But an access is looking for open source. Yes, and not just code based open source, though that seems to be included. Could you tell us a bit about what you're looking for in this unique aspect of an access? Yeah, I'll start with an introduction about what an access is and why we're here. So NXS was founded in 2017, although I don't think we started any sort of public-facing activities until 2018. And we were started by a couple of entrepreneurs in the energy access industry who are working with mini-grids. And the NXS has started as a foundation, as an NGO, and we're based in Amsterdam, although at the moment, I am the only member of NXS that is living and working in Amsterdam, but that's where NXS was founded. NXS was created to address a problem. So the problem when you're working in an industry like energy access, particularly in microgrids, in solar home systems, is that you start to see a lot of people working to solve the same problem, right? So how to get access to energy out there for the people who need it most. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. But let's just talk about right now, microgrids and solar home systems. And so you've got different companies kind of doing slightly different things, but in very similar ways. And there's a lot of things that all microgrid company needs, right? What the founders of NAccess were feeling back then was kind of this constant need to reinvent the wheel. And so you have something like uh, a piece of technology, let's say, that is important to how the company runs, but it is not the thing that sets your company apart, right? So you couldn't do without it, but exactly, it's something we all need, or it's not it's your secret sauce. A lot either. of people need, but yeah, it's not. It's not the secret sauce, right? It's not the source code to how you're running everything. It's not what you, you know, it's not what you were staying up late to do when you were starting to to found your company. And and you know, in like within the industry, there is a lot of sharing going on. So this the energy access industry is not an industry made up of people who are super private about what they're doing and why they're doing it. But it wasn't really getting out there. It wasn't really public. And let's just say we just spent three or four months working on a, a solution for connectivity issues 
or a way of serving people or a way of doing trainings. And it just kind of seemed silly that instead of spending their time and money to innovate, to, you know, grow their business, to scale, they're spending time kind of just solving a lot of problems that everyone else is solving. When NetAccess was created, it was kind of like, we want to be the sort of foundation, the sort of company that's going to fund innovative work, first and foremost. So we really wanted to say, okay, like we're looking for innovation to fund, but we need it to be open source. And the reason that we want it to be open source is to specifically say to the energy access industry, before you start to spend your time and money to address this kind of specific problem in your company, come to us first because we might have already taken care of it. One of the first projects that we funded was an IoT solution from Okra. And so their IoT solution was Cicada. Now, Okra needed this IoT solution, right? It was something that they needed in their company. And we were able to fund it and open source it, allowing anyone who needs a similar sort of IoT solution to just go ahead and pick it up. So NXS, what we do is we try to say, if we're going to fund your project, number one, it's got to be innovative. Number two, it's got to be sector building. It has to be something that the sector is looking for, not just your company. So we want your company to use it, and we want this to be advantageous for your company. But it's got to be beneficial to the energy access sector at large. And Number three, when we publish it, we want it to be ready to go. So if someone is sitting in Cambodia at two in the morning and they're kind of Googling IoT solutions or connectivity problems and they come across the Cicada project by Okra, they can just start using it. They don't need to ask permission. They don't need to send an email. They don't need to do any of that. It's not about, let's say, at that point, who owns the project anymore. This is now an open source solution or an open source idea that's out there to be replicated, to be copied, and to be shared widely. I like that. It's a really clear endpoint that has to be a completed project, which makes a lot of sense for a grant endpoint that you can judge that it's actually done. And I'll bring this up too. I we don't we're not a grantor. When we fund projects, we're pretty we're pretty actively involved in them. You know, it's it's like we're like we're hiring them almost. To say like, okay, you know, you want to provide this this service or you want to create this thing and we want to hire you more or less to to do that. So it's terminology. It's, you know, it's just a matter of wording. But at the same time, I think it's a really important factor in what sets us apart. Of course, the other thing being that we don't just fund technology. We also open source ideas and business plans and things like that. Yeah, which business plans? Let's dig, let's dig into one that was not yeah. uh, that was not like a software or hardware. Yeah, one of our one of the projects that we when did we publish this? I believed we published this in 2020. Yeah, so maybe about a year ago, we published the aggregate project from Anka Madagascar, and this is what we would call sort of like a, a moonshot concept, right? So Anka Madagascar has been around for a while. So it's moonshot, that's a 50k. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the smaller. So it's kind of like, you know, you're sitting there, you're you're working in, and we're not just doing solar. It doesn't have to be a solar home system or a mini grid. It can be anything that falls under the energy access umbrella. But these are the the ones that we get, let's say, more often than not, right? So the idea that we got from Anka Madagascar was kind of like, we know that there are 
you know, mini grids are having challenges right now. Like, how are we going to grow? How are we going to scale? How are we going to become profitable? Everyone in energy access is asking this question. This isn't unique to one company in one country. And there are probably a lot of solutions that we're going to be exploring over the next years. And some of them are going to fail. And some of them are going to succeed a little bit. Some of them will go, you know, 50% successful. And I'm sure we're going to, you know, hit the nail on the head at some point and say, ah, this is the way we do it. But we're going to have to fail a little bit along the way to get there. That, by the way, I'm bringing up failure because that's something that we, like, I don't believe that you can fail if you do a project as long as you share your results. Mm -hmm. So a Mm -hmm. failure would be trying something, having it go completely wrong, and then not telling anyone about it. And then someone else makes the same mistake. Exactly. And so that's the kind of thing that we're kind of like, no, you know, okay. So for example, Anka Madagascar said, well, we have this idea, you know, we want to see if we can put a different sort of agribusiness together, you know, agriculture, microgrids, you know, can we make, I think they called it the microgrid 4.0, if I'm not correct. To put it in simple terms, if your customers, your mini grid customers, let's say, if they're not making enough money, if there's not enough wealth in the village that you're supplying energy to, they're not going to spend a lot of money on energy, right? And so in order to grow and scale as a mini grid company, you're going to need your customers at some point to start spending a little bit more than just charging their phones and using one light bulb. And so there's of many solutions for people who need to just charge their phone and use a light bulb. But for people who need refrigerators or machinery or larger ticket items, they're kind of like, well, what we need to do is we need to help the communities that we service. And what do the communities do for work? They're in agriculture, right? So we need to create more rural wealth in order for them to also need, have a need for more electricity. So can this aggregate, right? Can this be the way forward for the mini grid company, the mini grid sector, let's say, within the energy access sector? And so they came to us with this idea and we were like, yeah, let's explore that. So it's a sort of project that we can fund and say, okay, like do your research and let us know how it goes. Make sure that you do a, a very transparent document so that someone can pick it up, read it and learn from it. And so if you go to our website, if you go to nxs.org slash materials, you can find everything that Aggregate did for us in business plans, the lessons learned. It's all it's all there. It's all you don't have to have any special permission to read it. It's free. And all we would ask is that if you have any questions, if you have any feedback, that you just let us know. Perfect. Yeah. That's really what we're asking from people. I'll I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay. And this the case study, the PowerPoint is it's very, it's very detailed. Yeah, it's they well spent designed. a lot of time, and and you know, this is the point. It's like this is something that they needed to do for them. This was within their interest to to do this project well, and it was within our interest to fund this project because we want more people thinking outside the box, and we want more people to take risks, and we want more people who are ready to say, you know, this is what went well, and this is what didn't go well, and we put it out there, and you know. Whoever is going to pick up on this next can say, hey, you know, you saved me a month and a half. You know, I would have done- Or, or longer. Exact, or longer, right? I, I, you might have saved me three years <laughs> just yeah. by sitting down and, and reading this. Or it might spark an idea. And so this is the kind of thing where this isn't a piece of technology. This is just an idea. This is a concept. And this is the kind of thing that an access also really likes to fund. Mm-hmm. 
And so this is now, again, what you see in our website, there is a lot of tools that you can use where you go to GitHub and you just use the tools, you know, you download hardware, firmware, or Mm -hmm. software. Tell us about the tools. What can people find on the website? We've got, uh, there's a Pago hardware from Mm -hmm. Solaris. Yes. So Solaris Offgrid, they were the third project, I believe, we published. And... That was a really cool project. For us, they they came to us with the idea for the Open Pago token. And it was this idea of kind of taking something that was not previously open sourced and saying, you know what? Like the it's like the way that Pago has grown in energy access has allowed the sector to kind of really hit a growth spurt, right? So everyone knows everyone in energy access anyway knows how helpful Pago has been for a million different reasons. But I, you know, it kind of seems like because of this growth spurt, we kind of got to this point where it was going like a little bit crazy. <laughs> a lot of things are slowing down because of problems with compatibility, really. And so Solaris Offgrid was like, well, you know what? We want to do this better. It's like having Both, one plug. You go to, you It's know, like having one plug. Going into the UK and you know you can f- put your plug in the wall if you've got a UK plug. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's interesting. I mean, imagine if we had that, <laughs> and that would be really helpful. So there's two really interesting like things about the Solaris one. One is it's a, it seems to me to be a riff on the standard for-profit open source kind of thing. So you make something open source, you build a community, and then you provide services on top of that. So you provide something for mm-hmm. free, get people in. If they want to use it for free and do something else with it, great. But mm-hmm. you can also provide a service. So it's a way, it's like engineering is marketing. So they're saying like, we are, here's this thing. And then people hear the name Solaris and they're like, oh, I should like look into that a little more. And like, if they need that service, then they will buy whatever else they're selling. It's kind of like freemium in a sense. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up the kind of the way people think of open source software, hardware. I think you're hitting the nail on the head with the way that most people perceive it, right? So it's like, why would a a big company, not even seller, but why would any company, right, choose to open source their, you know, their their work if if there's not something in it for them, right? Is that, that's kind of like, and so what's in it for them is kind of like, well, their name is out there, you know, people are talking about it, you get a little bit of marketing in there. And, you know, yes, but I think in this sector, and, you know, I, I would welcome people to disagree with me, but I kind of feel like this sector, maybe we're still a little bit young to be thinking that intelligently about it in some ways, because I actually remember posing this question to the guys at the Solaris Offgrid. It's like, well, listen, you, this was a lot of work. You know, this is something you did. This is a lot of work. And, you know, your product is really good. You know, open Pago is great. So why, why open source it? And the thing that, you know, anyone who's working in Pago is going to benefit from having more people use Pago products more easily. Mm-hmm. And so Better there's than also a bigger that, part of the pie is just making yeah, the pie bigger. Exactly. Just make the pie bigger. And so mm-hmm. there's also that aspect that I think is really important to talk about when you're talking about open source. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, not a zero sum game. Not exactly. Mm-hmm. No. And so it's kind of like that. I mean, that's a really valid point. It's like the more pay goes out there, the more pay goes out there and the more people who are working in Pago. I mean, this is a huge perk for everyone. And yes, if someone wants to use open Pago and they need help with it, or if they need consultancy, yes, they can call Solaris Offgrid and they will provide those services too. But I think the, and this is just my opinion, but I would wager to guess that the more advantageous, like the big picture advantage 
is that all they've done is widen the market. Mm. And that's brilliant. And not only that, we also are starting to, you know, develop some sort of standards within the, the energy access industry to say, you know what, this thing, this is not a closed system anymore. And now the other cool thing about OpenPago is that it started to grow from OpenPago token. And so after we funded OpenPago token, it was a very successful project. And we we're super proud of it. And I know that Solaris is too. But then that went on to inspire the OpenPago link, which they did with E4A. Mm-hmm. And another for great solution. It seems like such a good... Open source seems like such a good fit for... You don't want to call it grants. Maybe you're, a, you're not really a project developer either. Sector developer, let's say. Do you have a, I'm not sure if you've got a name. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll coin one. <clears throat> we can coin one real quick. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, sector developer. We work in sector development. There but we yeah, go. We're, 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 a, we're a funder. You know, that, that's what we do. We, we fund innovation. It seems like a good format for um, non-equity funding because that's always a challenge. It's like, okay, is this company benefiting too much from this free money? And is it just going to their, like, going to their own pocket? And in this case, when you mm-hmm. fund something, everyone gets to know about it. So the company gets all the benefit of what they would have had anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like- we can also say that I'll, I'll also point this out. You know, once we once the project is over, it doesn't typically just stop for these companies, right? So there's a lot of yeah. I wouldn't. I, I'd, I'd also in, in terms of the Open Pago token. I don't. I don't know that we could think about it as free money because of all the work it actually created. So it's like equity free. I should say equity free. Yeah. You're not taking a part of their company, and you're not expecting them to pay it back with any kind of interest. No. No, no. Yeah. But oh, we, yeah. like I said, we, we would expect that. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting that you had this. Everyone has a different take on it, right? Like some people are kind of less than you think. Some people kind of freaked out, right? About open source. Like why would, yeah, you're, you're, do, you're doing, you're not doing something smart for your business, right? You're, you're open sourcing something. Ah, that's like scary. And then there's like the advocates, right? Who are just open source oh, all the open way. Open source fundamentalists. Yeah. Great. <laughs> open yeah. source fundamentalists, right? So other, or funders will do something similar and copy yeah. this. Yeah. Have you seen Absolutely. any of that happen or have people approached you and say, how can we make this work? Are you um, pioneers? And- me personally? No. If someone wanted to copy our business idea and do it better, wow, that would be a Or for a different compliment. sector, you know? Yeah. Healthcare, or for, a different for example. Sector. I don't even know of one like this in healthcare, which seems crazy. No. And there's, other, there's plenty of other funders and there's plenty of other ways to get money for open source for open source work. Mm-hmm. So it, we didn't invent this idea. But I think that we are trying to establish we are trying to establish our place in the sector as saying, this is what we do. This is all we do. We only do open source work. <clears throat> we're not coming up with it ourselves. So we're looking for ideas from the sector. Like we want to get your proposals in and fund the proposals if we know that they're needed. So it's a lot of that's kind of the due diligence that mm-hmm. we that we kind of handle. So what are you looking for now? Do you have any particular mm. areas of things that you're looking for? I'm not sure if you have a quarterly plan or the yearly. And even by the time people listen to this, you know, it might be two, mm. three years from now. So it might be a bit different. So maybe <laughs> you've got more of a framework for thinking about what you're looking for. Yeah, but is there anything can, today you're looking for April 2021? Well, I can give you kind of the idea of what, what I would like to see happen, generally speaking, in NAccess in 2021, 2022, which is that more people are using the material that we publish and building upon it and actually building completely new projects. That's what I would really like to see. So I would love to see in 2022 and further in 2021, someone say, hey, I picked up OpenPago and 
I, it's really helpful, but I need to actually change it like quite a bit. And that actually creates something totally different. And then what we say is like, that's a great idea. Why don't, why don't you guys get together and see if you can actually work together? And then that company and, and this company get together and they work together and, and boom, we have another solution, right? That is for what we need now. So I, I want to see building blocks. I want to see an access create building blocks. I would love to see people, I would love to see us fund projects that are still kind of these new and wild ideas. And I'd also love to see us fund projects that are building on something we've done already. And I'd also like to see NXS go into the direction of doing a lot more promotion of other people's open source work. So to kind of say, like, hey, we noticed you published this because there's, again, there's brilliant people out there doing very cool things for energy access or for, you know, it could be for energy access. And I would love to start promoting and sharing that and saying, you know, if you need help maintaining it, if you need help doing anything, come to us and... Yeah, I I just like for people to be able to know that if it's sector building, if it's open source, if it's useful, then an access would like to host it, maintain it, promote it, share it, and help. If you could see my hands moving mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. You're like kneading the dough. <laughs> I'm let like kneading the, the dough. dough like, let it rise. Help it grow. <laughs> Put it in I'm the oven. Say, we, we, yeah, we'd like to see it. We'd like to see it grow. That's what we'd like to do over the next couple of years. And it seems like your projects most they haven't been sort of the traditional ones of the the hard tech, I would say, like mm. better solar panels. It's not batteries, it's not charge controllers, it's not refrigeration. It feels like it's like you're filling in there. There's like little cracks. There's there's two pieces that are disconnected and you're you're connecting these two pieces that already exist. Which is always the high leverage yeah. thing, but hard to find the cracks. That's yeah. that's my uh, view. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I mean, it will maybe we will one day. Right, mm-hmm. that maybe the right project has so to come less, in, and we're also that. again, we're not the no, no, we're not against. We have no, we don't have to work in a certain country. We don't have to work in a certain, you know, technology or or not technology. I would say again, we're at this point when I'm talking to you in in 2021, we're not funding multi million dollar projects either. But mm-hmm. talk to me mm-hmm. in a couple of years, and maybe we'll be in a different place. I'll, I'll tell you something interesting that one of our project leaders told me that. When this was the Cicada project with Okra, and they told us, you know, because it was open sourced, we worked like their standards were always quite high, but it probably went up just a notch, you know, or maybe a couple notches because they knew it was going to be out there. And so that also helped internally. They're like, you know, we should be doing this for, for everything. And actually, what else can we open source? Right. And and that's that's what I'd really like every company out there to be asking themselves, like, what else can I open source? Again, if it's your secret sauce, if it's your source code, if it's something that is the thing that you need to set yourself apart from everyone else, then, you know, that's not what we're trying to open source. Like we we want to achieve universal energy access, right? We want to we want to help that happen. And that needs to come from successful companies. So, but if it's not your secret sauce, then could you open source it? I really like the interest of a different kind of accountability. Like they're not really accountable Mm -hmm. to you. They're kind of accountable to their own, how how they feel about this because this will be in the world. This is their, they're accountable just to their public image. Absolutely. Um, which is a totally, and this, this is kind of something I'm very interested in for funders is the accountability mostly is on a contract that's like a hundred pages long that no one ever looks at. And that's kind of weird. 
there's probably lots of other ways of having accountability, either a relationship where they care about the funder, where they publish it online, where it's like, I care about what my image is going to be in 10 years that I published something that wasn't that great. And it's really, and when something doesn't work out, it's pretty amazing. There was, and that you, they they publish whatever happened. I had a biogas company. It, you know, it was like, it did fine. I sold it for not very much, but there's certain reasons why it didn't work out. And people always contact me and say, Kyle, I got this biogas idea. And I'm like, well, here's the reasons why it might not be a great idea and you might not want to invest a ton of time in this. Just no. double check this. But I could have published it online. There was this uh, nuclear power startup that had they, – they, they failed to achieve what they wanted. But they published yeah. what they found online at the end of the day and open sourced all their drawings that like, here's what we did. You know, we had raised billions of dollars. And this is why I didn't. I was like, this is amazing. There should be more of this. I wish I had done this, but, you know, I sold the company instead, you know, not too much, but. (laughs) If someone else can learn, Mm -hmm. right? Or someone else can do it better. If someone can identify where it went wrong and say, ah, yeah, you should have gone left where you went right. And it's like, ah, so your project was valid. It Mm -hmm. was a good idea. It just went. Yeah, wrong timing, maybe. Yeah, wrong timing. It was like 10 years too early or something like that. I mean, think about think about even 10 years ago. It was a completely different world 10 years ago. And 2011 is like how I feel about the 1950s in some ways. I, I remember when I was in Tanzania about eight years ago or seven years ago, you feel like you're, you're, you're watching as if we saw the railroad tracks be laid down in the United States like a million years ago. You're like, this is going to be big, right? This is going to change things. And we've come really far in 10 years. Yeah. So... It'd be cool to see how much further we can get 10 years from now. Yeah. And that's one thing to point out is that you you were there. You were working at mm-hmm. Devergy. Um, yeah. One of the founders of NAccess is from Devergy. So, this is, I would say, you, you sat on both sides of the table. Well, yes. Yes and no. Because I come from, I am not from an energy access background. I don't even, I mean, I, I did not, I'm not an engineer, basically. And so, I... Got into, I started working for Devergy because I was friends with the co-founders who lived in Amsterdam at that time, and I did too. But I worked in advertising in Amsterdam. And I started working with Devergy as a friend, you know, completely for free. I wasn't an employee of Devergy and just helping them like make promo videos and get a web presence going up. Um, Is anything in energy right now where Minigrid was 10 years ago when you started that gives oh. you the railroad tracks feeling? You know... Maybe this idea of how we can put agriculture and mini grids together. I, I think the way mini grids could go is still so interesting and so exciting. So I, I can still hear new ideas on this and be kind of like, whoa, that's interesting. And kind of the first time you hear it, it doesn't even sound like it it makes any sense at all. Mm. Right. And that's kind of the way when someone I, I remember that feeling when um when I was learning what a mini grid was, and I was learning how you can, you know, hook up a, a grid in a village, and it it seems very basic and all that, but there was connectivity problems, and that that's a whole other kind of worms. Companies that are combining mini grids and solar home systems, and how they're going to make this work, plus incorporating agriculture, so and connecting you know, islands that have absolutely no connectivity. Yeah, there's a lot of things that still give me that kind of like, whoa, you can do that. Right. There's a lot of of room for growth. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Maybe you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think there's an ad concept, advertising concept called Mm -hmm. high concept ads. So, a high concept ad is something you can expand a lot. Like Got Milk, 
you could have it milk on, you know, football players and basketball players. You could have it on all kinds of people. There's all kinds of things you could have with got milk, right? It's really yeah. broad concept. You could do a lot with it, right? If you- yeah. And there's also, I mean, there's just a lot of, I think, again, if, if we go back to the idea of working on open sourcing everything we can, like if we're able to, and this would sort of be like my personal best case scenario, if we're able to to start putting more and more standards in place that are like this thing, right? This aspect is open source now. This is not something you have to spend a lot of money on or time. Like this is just open source. So don't worry about it. Don't let that stop you from from going forward. And I think that, you know, if we can really push this idea forward, like, man, why are we spending our time doing this when what we need to be doing is delivering energy? So it's like the more we can just stop those barriers, the faster we'll achieve universal energy access. Wonderful. Wonderful. (laughs) Tamara, thank you for this conversation. I have so many more questions for you, but I think we should do another podcast in a year or six months and see where you're at. You know, one of the the cool, we do have a lot of stuff in our pipeline coming up and there's, there's like some really and I don't want to like name the projects just yet. When you're ready nowhere. to launch, let me know. Yeah. Let's, let's there's nowhere on. for people to go to. But like one of the projects that we have coming up is like, it, w- it would take a whole podcast, but it's the, the D-Rex initiative is this really unbelievable idea. D-Rex stands for... Or what is it? Distributed Renewable Energy Certificates. So renewable energy... Are you familiar with what a renewable energy certificate is? Not, not totally. Is okay. This- That's fine. No, I'm not, yeah. I, I wasn't either before yeah. we got really into this topic. But this idea... So it's a big idea. It's something that you need to kind of... If you know what a REC is, if you know what a renewable energy certificate is, you also know that this does not exist in the... DRE world yet. So, and it's uh, a lost opportunity and it has the potential, it has the potential to change things. It has the potential to create new standards. It has the potential to put more money into an industry and to make it all open source. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope this makes your grant application stronger. If you have any questions for the guest, please leave a message either to my email or send a voice message. See the link in the description for this podcast. And if you want to learn more about writing great grant applications, you can sign up for my newsletter link also in the description. And if you enjoyed this, I would really appreciate it if you leave a review. Because when I try to get grantors on this podcast, they want to know, is anyone actually listening to this? And if they see reviews, then they know it's actually valuable to some people. Thanks. Thanks.